You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome, Remnant Warriors around the world. We're so glad that you're here. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll talk a little bit about Thanksgiving as it is the day before Thanksgiving, but right now we have breaking news, Uh, the Rainbow Bridge. Apparently there was an explosion that's taken place. A car drove at about 100 miles an hour from Canada toward the United States entrance and then burst into flames after becoming airborne at a second checkpoint, apparently, and it's suspected that it's a terror attack. So right now what we know is that there's been an explosion that's come from a car trying to enter the United States from Canada. Apparently, two men inside the vehicle have been killed in the explosion. Uh, Those who had just entered in their cars were told to walk back. Um, And I'm just going to read right off the wire kind of the latest information as this is breaking news as we broadcast a suspected terror attack on the Rainbow Bridge. I've been there. Very beautiful area at Niagara Falls today. Saw a car explode, causing a massive explosion at the toll checkpoint that killed only the vehicle's two occupants, apparently. Uh, Fox News is citing that law enforcement sources uh, who say that the intention was a larger attack to kill more, uh, an FBI terrorism task force is investigating, but officials are yet to confirm the motive, although it does appear to be a terror attack. Uh, Two men who have been traveling in the vehicle both died in the explosion and their identities remain unknown. Um, There were no other serious injuries. That is a miracle. And witnesses and law law enforcement officials are saying that the vehicle hurtled down the wrong lane from Canada toward the U.S. at 100 miles an hour and then went airborne before exploding uh, in front of a second checkpoint. Now, the Rainbow Bridge is the busiest land crossing between the U.S. and Canada. If you've ever been there, you know what we're talking about. It's a very busy um, land crossing between the U.S. and Canada. Very, you know, many, many cars every day go over it. And it was particularly busy because, of course, many are traveling between the two countries for Thanksgiving. So right now, I think uh, as we broadcast, the Buffalo Airport remains closed as a result of the incident and the immediate aftermath of the explosion on the U.S. side of the Rainbow Border crossing uh, seems to be still, um, you know, clean up and, and just kind of assessing the whole situation uh, witnesses are saying that the car drove at about 100 miles an hour down the wrong lane, and then that's when it hurtled towards America from Canada and then exploded. So it appears that there was some type of explosive devices on the vehicle that were set off as the vehicle hit that second crossing uh, area there, that checkpoint area. And the aftermath of the explosion um, is being uh, looked at now as a terror attack. So They're pretty sure it's a terror attack. Uh, This comes only two days after an intelligence report signaled increased risk of a terror attack in New York City. So this is pretty close to that area. Could this have been intended for New York? Uh, Could this have been a planned attack that that had gone awry? And uh, maybe in a moment of desperation, they went ahead and detonated. Um, Some NYPD officers have been redistributed to assist in this Uh, attack in the Niagara area, according to the New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, The force has already been placed on heightened alert for the holiday amid rising tensions globally 
And of course, this is surrounding uh, the Israel-Hamas war. And after the explosion, motorists who had driven into America were told to leave their vehicles and walk back into Canada while their cars were checked for bombs. So they were just doing that out of the abundance of caution, of course. Um, Let's see. Some of the other news agencies are citing unnamed law enforcement officials who said that no other devices have yet been found. Uh, Witnesses who were in the U.S. Customs and Immigration Building next to the bridge were turned away, ordered to walk back over the bridge and leave their vehicles on the U.S. side to be checked. And um, this is, I guess, a quote from somebody there. They said, my own van was parked so close to the car that exploded. If you watch the video, video, my car was the car on the right. um, uh, I'm sorry. He said, my car was right on the left side. And uh, apparently this is coming from a man who had just crossed over with his family and filmed the flames. And I believe that video has gone viral. Uh, He said, when the explosion happened, we heard it a loud boom. And I heard it, but I didn't think it was something serious. Someone said, oh, my God, that car exploded. And so, um, you know, he said, we all went to watch. Then the U.S. border and custom officials came out of their glass room. And then I grabbed my phone and I said, I need to film this before they start moving us away from here. Uh, The smoke got thicker and thicker. And we were there and U.S. Customs came out and said all of us needed to move right away. And then they moved us to safe passage. Uh, This is what this gentleman that was an eyewitness said. And the FBI Ter- Terrorism Task Force is on scene and investigating. Apparently, the FBI Buffalo Field Office is investigating a vehicle explosion. This is their statement at the Rainbow Bridge, a border crossing between the U.S. and Canada in Niagara Falls. And so we'll continue to uh, watch this story. Uh, it seems like there is a coordinated effort of law enforcement to look into this. And the only injuries that we know of at this point are the two that were in the vehicle. So that is the good news. Uh, but yet, there is heightened alert around the country, and we probably have more people traveling today than almost any other day in this year. It's a, it's a very busy travel season. Please be vigilant if you are traveling. Please keep your, uh, don't be fearful, but be vigilant. And make sure that you know what is going on. And, uh, you know, just just pray. Just be, be a person of prayer. Uh, we, we can't live in fear of these things. You know, I've, I've talked to many people who have been in countries where they they've seen this quite often. You know, I mean, uh, I was just talking to a friend that's from South Africa and he was saying this type of thing uh, happened for years there in South Africa where they had explosions and different things going on. There's many parts of the world like Israel, for instance, that this has been a part of life here in the United States. We have not seen this. Thank God. Of course we had nine 11, um, you know, and other bombings in the past, but this hasn't been, something that's pretty consistent. But I've spoke to many people that are astute uh, in this you know, type of field of terrorism and understanding the times that we're in. And they say this could happen more regularly in the United States. We could see um, you know, increased terror activity, especially with what's going on in Israel with the Hamas war there. But um, you know, this has been something that's been for years. I mean, we, we knew a gentleman that was a general from Israel. He was a patriarch from the state of Israel. He actually has died. But Uh, He used to say that, you know, there will be a point where in the United States, it will be similar to Israel, where you'll have to have armed guards, uh, you know, guarding churches and facilities and friends. I hate to say it, but I think we're at that point. Um, You know, we we, we don't take it lightly to have security at churches now. Uh, You know, there's just too much vitriol, too many people that are wackadoodles out there that are demonized. There's too many plots and schemes and uh, you, you need to be vigilant, but at the same time, we as people of God need to know that the Lord goes before us. He orders our steps. 
He guides our path. And as like I always say to my wife when we get on an airplane or whatever, you know, look, it's just not our time to go because God has plans and uh, he knows the plans that he has for us. He knows the plans that he has for you. And so we just plead the blood of Jesus over our family. We plead the blood of Jesus over you. If you're traveling this weekend, if you're uh, somewhere outside of where you live right now, we just pray that there are warring angels around you. And uh, I do think it is wise that we are prayed up and we put the armor of God on, but we don't fear because as I said, God is with us. He goes before us. It's going to be a bumpy year. We're, we're knowing this in the spirit. It's going to be a bumpy year, but at the same time, we are going to have the strongest faith that we've had in our life. We're going to trust God. We're going to lean not on our own understanding, but on his, his understanding. We acknowledge him in all of our ways. And, and we're going to put on that armor every day. And then we're not going to fear because we, we just can't. You know, the devil wants you fearful. That's what this whole thing with, with C-19 and everything that they've done over the last couple of years, it, it's all to instill fear, you know, to make us feel uh, maybe I shouldn't go anywhere. Maybe I should stay home. You know, that's what they want. They want, they want us to be uh, impeded in our ability to freely move and do the things that we're called to do, we're meant to do. And we can't give in. So I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but if you've been staying home and you know that God has been calling you to do something and to go out, go out. Do, do what the Bible says. Ekbalo, go out, cast out, drive out. We as the body of Christ cannot be stagnant. We cannot be uh, you know, in, in a hole somewhere waiting to be raptured. And we, this is the way it's gonna be probably from now until the Lord returns. But the thing is, is that this is where our faith comes in. This is where we know, look, Lord, I have to trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my safety. I mean, you think we don't get threats? Of course we do. We get threats regularly. But you know what? I praise the Lord and I give him glory every day when I wake up and I just say, Lord, I know you're going to protect me. I know you're going to protect our family. Thwart the plans of the enemy. Put a shield around me. Put a shield around my loved ones, around my daughter, around my wife, around my mom, my dad, our friends, our loved ones. Just, Lord, protect us. Watch over us and cancel the assignment of hell. And then we move forward. We, we don't live in fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us authority, power, a sound mind. You know, we have the ability in the name of Jesus to pull down strongholds. We have an ability in the name of Jesus to cancel the assignment of the enemy. And so I just, I just don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but I think there's some of you out there, I feel this very strongly, that have allowed fear and anxiety to come in. And I really believe that's the whole reason. Whoever's pulling the strings behind these things, whoever's, whoever's the one that, that orchestrates these mass shootings and the terror attacks, and maybe it's different people, maybe it's the same people. I'll leave that up to you to decide on that. I have my views. But what we will say is we know the spirit behind it is the same. It's a spirit of antichrist. It's a demonic spirit. It wants us to be fearful. It wants us to feel like the walls are closing in on us. That's the plan of the enemy. The walls are closing in. There's nothing you can do. You know, you better just stay home. You better just be fearful. Be, you know, a lot of people are having anxiety right now. And I'm not mocking you or knocking you if that's you. And this is, I'm exposing the plan. This is the plan of the enemy. He wants us to be fearful. He wants us to be intimidated and he wants us to be home. And, and I'm not saying that you can't do some powerful thing. I mean, we do Zoom calls from home. We do a lot of things from home sometimes. But the bottom line is we're not called to just stay in our home. That's what they wanted you to do 
during the whole lockdowns. You know, just stay in your home. You know, they're building these 15-minute cities. They want everybody to be fearful because if they can get us in fear, then they think they can control us and intimidate us, and it's just a slippery slope. So I think uh, you know what I'm talking about, and I just want to pray over you right now before we get in the next segment here. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we break fear over whoever it is that's listening to this broadcast right now. We break the spirit of fear. You say you've not given us a spirit of fear. You say, what place does fear have with love? Perfect love casts out fear. Lord, your love is perfect. It's agape. It is an unbelievable, amazing amount of love that we probably can't ever fully comprehend. And I pray that that love, that love and and your peace that passes understanding would just cover everybody that's listening to this right now. And if anybody's dealing with anxiety or fear, I just pray you'd break that over them in the name of Jesus. Hey, listen, somebody just got a breakthrough. I really feel that. If that's you, let us know at pastortodd.org. Let us know, pastortodd.org. Pastor Todd, I felt when you were praying, the spirit of God moving and the, the fear broke over me. And we just want to acknowledge that. And it always encourages us when we hear these stories. So write me, let me know, or just let us know how we can be praying for you. So that's that situation. Now let's just talk about Vladimir Putin here. So Putin is saying he is ready, according to the Express. Uh, this is, a, I believe, a London-based paper Uh, It's definitely out there in the EU. It's the Daily Express. They're saying he's ready to end the war and the fighting with Ukraine. He's calling it a tragedy. And they're saying Putin also blamed Ukraine's president, Zelensky, for the continued fighting, saying that Russia has never refused peace talks. Mm. And I I believe that, actually. Uh, I think the West has been pretty aggressive in continuing this war, this proxy war, for some reason, and many of you know why. Uh, I can't really get into that on here or they'll censor us, but uh, there's many reasons why they want to keep this thing going. And it's uh, the death toll is now, I believe, over 300,000 Ukrainians, mostly men. Uh, So they've wiped out a whole generation of men. Uh, You know, it's unbelievable what's happened. And there's been a a massive death toll uh, on both sides, but there's been a lot of Ukrainians killed over this thing. And the Russian president has said uh, he's ready to end the war. Uh, branding it as a tragedy and uh, the Kremlin chief who sent his troops in Ukraine last February blamed uh, Zelensky for the continued violence both sides have lost thousands of soldiers on top of the many civilian deaths in Ukraine and Putin is reportedly poised to use his speech at the upcoming G20 meeting to urge world leaders to work out a strategy for ending the war in a virtual meeting on Wednesday, the Russian president said military actions are always a tragedy. And of course, we should think about how to stop this tragedy. So is this going to be something that the West is willing to do? That's going to be the question. Uh, by the way, Russia has never refused peace talks with Ukraine, he said. Um, Ukrainian President Zelensky signed a decree in October 2022 declaring that peace talks between his country and Putin are impossible Putin has also discussed wider geopolitical issues, saying that the economic activity around the world is moving towards Asia. So, of course, they're trying to uh, talk about a new world order that would be uh, more in alignment with the vision of the BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And then there are many other countries, including Iran, that are now joining BRICS. He added that Russia has shipped grain to Africa free of charge and emphasized the country's willingness to contribute to global climate and developmental goals, which that's right there is is a little scary because it sounds like he might be in on this thing somehow. Many people have always suggested that this whole thing is just a puppet show and that Russian President Putin isn't in on the whole plan. But, you know, a lot of people feel like he is fighting 
the deep state globalist cabal. Uh, other people think he's part of it. So it just depends on what you think there. But um, nevertheless, the Western observers have suggested that Putin is trying to bring African countries into Russia's sphere of influence. I don't think he's trying. I think he has. Uh, many of the Russian nations are tired of the American world order. They're tired of us basically putting them in deeper and deeper debt. They, they are moving towards the BRICS. This is something that we reported on this year. And Zelensky admitted on Wednesday that his troops face difficult winter as Kiev's uh, men look to defend against Russian attacks. He said difficult weather, difficult defense on the Lyman, uh, the Bakhmut, the Don, Donetsk, and, of course, uh, other fronts. And earlier this week, Zelensky said that the son, uh, he told the son, who reported that uh, he had survived a number of assassination attempts. He said uh, the first one is very interesting when it was the first time. After that, it was just like COVID. That's what he said. Uh, first of all, people don't know what to do with it, and it's looking very scary. And then after that, it's it's just intelligence sharing with you, detail that one more group came to Ukraine to attempt this. So he's just talking about, in this one, I guess, um, various uh, assassination attempts. So the, the, the bigger story here is going to be if the West is willing to uh, engage in any type of peace talks. Uh, up until now, it seems like they're not. And uh, it would behoove us to do so. I mean, really, I don't understand why this proxy war continues. It was basically a civil war in the, in the first place that we shouldn't have probably intervened in. Um, of course, it's been made many, many things. They've, they've tried to hype it up. And uh, even some on the, on the right are for this. We heard, uh, you know, Vice President Pence in his uh, failed campaign, but when he was still running for president, uh, he, he said that, you know, he thought we should bolster Ukraine and continue that proxy war, which I think many on the right were very uh, annoyed by his remarks. And that's probably one of the reasons, uh, of course, the biggest reason being what he did on January 6th. 2021 but i think that um you know that that was basically the nail in the coffin on his campaign when he said that about ukraine because uh, most truth seekers most people on the right especially the alt-right do not want to see more war they're tired of the neocons they're tired of their plans and so it appears in this whole thing that um you know it, it's going to be uh, up to the west because uh, putin is ready he's willing to make some type of deal uh, but I don't think that the Western central bankers and those that run the Western countries want to end this war. And, and it, again, it would behoove us to do so because it's a, it's a proxy war that has a high cost, both financially and we're sending over munitions that uh, have not been replaced. That's dangerous for us to be so low on our munitions in case we were to actually get into a full-scale war with either Russia or China or all the above, you know, Iran, uh, South, you know, North Korea, you know, there's there's so many different things that could pop off in any minute in this very unstable world that we're in right now with the very crazy situation with the U.S. president. I mean, we you just got to wonder there. I think he wrote an op ed or supposedly wrote an op ed yesterday. And I was thinking to myself, who really wrote that op ed? Because it wasn't Biden. We know Biden didn't write the op ed. So who's who are these people that are pulling the strings? Who are the people that are actually running our country? If it's not Joe, I mean, Joe Biden can barely figure out. I mean, I don't know if you saw him at, at the APEC summit, but he was so confused. Um, there was actually footage, I kid you not, of him picking his nose and then like hawking a loogie and then pointing at it. I mean, I kid you not. This is the type of, and the, and the other leaders there in the, in the Asian region are looking at him like, what in the world is wrong with this guy? And I think most people just think, you know, how can this guy possibly be the president of the United States of America? It's just so bizarre. Uh, but this is where we're at. 
And uh, Mario and I have been talking about this on Firepower. In fact, we're going to talk about it tonight if you tune in. And we're going to talk about several very explosive things on Firepower Live, which is going to be broadcast tonight on my Facebook, on the Mario Murillo Ministry Facebook page. And mine is at Real Todd Coconado. And we also stream it on YouTube and Rumble. So uh, if you're a radio listener, if you've never tuned in to Firepower, I'd, I'd encourage you to join in because we have a lot of discussions like this. Uh, that you're not going to hear anywhere else. And also, we have the Remnant Core Group. If you've never joined the Remnant Core Group, it's on Facebook. Just search in the group section for Remnant Core Group and join it. If I'm your pastor, if you listen to this broadcast regularly, uh, that way we have another layer, another way that we can communicate. And then, of course, if you go to my website, pastortodd.org, you can sign up for our newsletter, and we do send out newsletters as well. So these are all ways that we can keep in touch with you. I promise you I don't send out too much stuff to annoy you or to bother you. Uh, or anything like that. Now, there is another big development today. So there's kind of like a bunch of things happening at once. Uh, the other major development, which I think is worth talking about, is what's going on in Israel. So apparently right now in Israel, there is a ceasefire, and there are about 50 hostages that are set for release. Now, uh, according to Barons, uh, they're saying that Israel vows to continue its war against Hamas after the truce. So let me just read a little about this. Uh, Israel vowed early Wednesday to continue its war against Hamas following a truce in Gaza, according to an official statement by the AFP, uh, by the prime minister's office. The Israeli government, the Israeli army, and the security forces will continue the war to bring back all those kidnapped um, and eliminate Hamas and ensure that there is no longer any threat to the state of Israel from Gaza. That's the statement. So uh, from what I'm hearing um, that is not being publicized is that the U.S. has applied pretty strong pressure on Israel for this. I think they were concerned about the public opinion, uh, especially here in the United States, as there's been a major rise in anti-Semitism. And uh, this is where I think it's really wild. It's not just coming from the left and the, and the far left, like the Ilhan Omar uh, contingent, you know, that whole squad group. No, this is actually coming from the right and the alt-right. It's coming from the left. Uh, they're all putting pressure on Biden and on the administration as well as in Congress. And that's then getting over to Israel, basically, on our policy, uh, wanting them to um, end the war. You know, there's a lot of pressure that's mounting on Israel. Now, Israel, uh, they're looking at, at this as their one and only chance to basically rid themselves of Hamas and the danger that Hamas poses, and you got to remember, I mean, if they basically were to just stop the war right now, Hamas is not eliminated, and they're still going to be getting rockets that are going to be shot over their borders, and the kibbutz and all those areas are still going to be in danger, and, uh, you know, even though there's been about 11,000 or more people that have been killed on the Palestinian side, uh, which, you know, the Gazan side, I guess it would be, um, you know, there's still a lot of terrorists alive and would continue to attack Israel, so Israel's hoping in this campaign to eliminate Hamas, that's at least their stated goal. Now, to do that uh, would be pretty extensive from where we are right now because they still have to root out thousands of terrorists, and uh, some of those terrorists aren't even in the Gaza area. So um, that that's a big challenge, but I think Israel is up for the task. The problem is, is the West up for the task? You know, we already see Macron uh, breaking with the U.S. Uh, as far as him criticizing Israel. We've I think I've heard from... Uh, the Canadian government up there, uh, that they're also criticizing Israel, which that's no surprise because they're pretty woke up there as well. Um, you know, so we've seen just ridiculous things in Canada over the last couple of years. I mean, their president is is literally a soy boy. I think you guys all know that. 
uh, Trudeau is, is, I don't even think the guy, well, I'm, I better be careful, but let me just say, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a plant. I think he's, um, a problem. Of course, we've seen what's happened in Australia during the whole C-19 era as well. Uh, so many of the Western countries and our allies, they don't have the stomach really for another war. I think the people don't really even have the stomach for all these wars, but this is the military industrial complex. This is, uh, the neocons, they, they love wars. They, wanna, they want more wars, it seems. And uh, this is how they keep their business going. So uh, I'm a staunch supporter of Israel. I, I definitely understand the objective of Israel to rid themselves of Hamas. I think that's a very important goal. I think it's a necessary goal. And uh, I don't think that, uh, even though I do have sympathy, of course, for anybody that's killed, that's collateral damage, or it's a civilian, uh, we have to understand it was Hamas that was stopping um, you know, the civilians from leaving the area that was to be bombed. So Israel was giving the heads up saying, hey, we're going to be coming in here. They gave a really good warning. In fact, it was even delayed. Remember, it was supposed to happen sooner, the ground campaign, and they delayed it for several days, uh, almost, I think, a week. You know, it was, it was a pretty delayed response because the U.S. was, again, applying pressure. And then when they did go in, I mean, it's been a pretty successful ground campaign, actually less... Uh, you know, of, of kind of being bogged down like we thought that could happen. They, they've been pretty successful in their efforts, but, you know, a lot of Gaza is flattened at this point and uh, not livable. And so, um, you know, I don't even know if a lot of the refugees and those that are now displaced could really go back and live there at this point unless it was reconstructed, which is probably the objective because it's going to push those folks back or out of that area. But the problem is where do those people go? And my concern is that many of those people are going to be shipped to the United States. So, you know, when people say, well, um, you know, the Gazan people don't necessarily like the West. And so, you know, we don't really mind so much if there's collateral damage because these people will basically grow up to kill us anyways. I mean, that's where a lot of people think that way. Um, you got to remember, some of these folks are being brought to our country there. Then there's other people that are coming through the southern border. So is that really better of a situation? Um, it's a very difficult situation. And I do care about life. And so I do have um, a heart for, you know, I don't want to see women and, and kids killed, but I also understand the propaganda. And it's a major propaganda campaign uh, that's being waged on both sides. So there's a lot of propaganda. And the thing that's interesting is a lot of people on the right, the alt-right, have really sided with the the Palestinians on this. And uh, this is uh, interesting because we've probably agreed on everything up until this. And then all of a sudden, it's yet another layer of, um, you know, a separation here, even on our side. Uh, I think we need to be careful. A lot of people think, oh, you know, these people are, are in occupied territory. And the Israelis are the occupiers and, and they're coming in, killing all these people. Uh, but you got to remember that if we as Americans were to be on the streets of Gaza, we would probably be instantly killed as well. So uh, the majority of the people there don't like America. They call us the great Satan. Uh, Israel's the little Satan. And while I do care about life, uh, there is a propaganda war being waged as well. And so we need to be wise in what we listen to and really uh, pray and ask the Lord. And then, of course, there's what the Bible says. And the Bible says there are these covenants and they are, you know, these covenants are not to be broken. The Abrahamic covenant, which is an unconditional covenant. And, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what we think. It's it's what God says in his word. You know what I'm saying? So Anyway, all this stuff is important, um, so much to pray about. Again, don't let fear take root in your heart, but uh, I wish I could cover some of this stuff a little bit more. I think that personally we are going to see continued 
efforts in Israel uh, to rid them of, of Hamas. I think that this will be a temporary ceasefire, but I do not think it will hold. I think they will continue because when Israel says they're going to continue, they're probably going to continue. When it comes to what's going on in Eastern Europe, uh, it is apparent that Putin is willing to uh, negotiate some type of deal. But I also don't think that the West is really willing to do that at this point. I wish that was not the case because it, it, it's kind of mind-boggling that they want to keep these two wars going. But, um, you know, I would definitely, if Donald Trump was around, I think there'd be a negotiation. I think that uh, this thing would be done. It probably would have never started, but, you know, it definitely would be done. And uh, that would be it. But instead, uh, it seems like whoever's in control and pulling the strings right now wants to continue to escalate. They, they are all about escalation, and, th and they're not in de-escalation. So while we have opportunities and definitely should be praying and hoping that the West would respond to Putin's uh, remarks and um, you know kind of putting out an olive branch, it just doesn't seem like the West is going to respond. And uh, so we need to continue to pray because at any moment, either of these wars could escalate. And uh, I'm just praying, and I have been praying, that they don't, that we don't go into a World War III scenario. Uh, but we have some pretty uh, reprobate people that are running uh, our country right now. Uh, at least it appears that way. And so it's very important for Christians to be praying, for churches to be open, for us to have prayer meetings, and for us not to grow weary. And remember, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So the three big um, stories for today, terror attack in the Niagara Falls area, two dead, uh, but no one else, only the bombers themselves. It does appear to be a terror attack. We will continue to follow that story. Then you have uh, you know, Putin blinking, basically saying he is willing to end this war and to negotiate. But again, we don't think the West will be willing to do that, but we're praying that they will. And then we have Israel, which they have agreed to a ceasefire. It looks like 50 hostages will be released, uh, but we don't know. Uh, we don't think that this is going to be the end of the war there. There most likely will be. Uh, you know, a continued operation once this whole thing with the hostages is done. So hopefully they can hold this ceasefire and they don't go back to fighting, but uh, it does appear that they will. And you can't blame Israel because they're trying to achieve their object objective of ridding uh, themselves of Hamas, which is understandable considering the horrible terror attack that took place in October. So we will continue to follow these stories. In the meantime, I pray that you and your family have an amazing Thanksgiving. This is the daily broadcast of the Todd Coconato Radio Show. We're so thankful that you tuned in. Hopefully you got something out of this. Lots of information today, lots to pray for. But remember, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. God is with us until the end of the age. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And we are called to occupy until he comes. Stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope in a future. My website is pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. See you for Firepower tonight at 7 o'clock Central.